George W. Bush, and I approve this message. We're about to rock your world, baby. This is Steph. And I'm the G-Man. This is episode number 56 on the way to 200. 144 to go. So today is Wednesday. It is the 2nd of February. March. February. No, March. You lost a month. No, not February. No, not March. No. I know. Just I want to make sure you're still alive. Yeah, I'm alive. I know what time it is. I know what day it is, too. Well, so that's something that Joe Biden doesn't, so. <laughs> you don't have to fact check me on the we're date. We're checking on, just checking on you. Yeah, we know you're related I, to Joey Biden. I got a pulse, too. <laughs> this is well, BS show, and Alan knows what time it is. I can tell you that. So in this episode today, we'll be a little different today. Alan and I are going to first uh, thank some people. So Alan, who can we thank today? We're going to thank Craig P. and Peter, and we want to wish uh, Lindsay P. and Asher P. good luck in their move to Florida, which they just moved the other day. Uh, we hope everything works out for them in Florida. Well, and yes, we, we, we definitely want them, uh, we wish them well with their new move, yes. And we want to uh, say prayers for the people of Ukraine and the president of Ukraine for sticking up to the dictatorship of Mr. Putin. And uh, Joey Backwards Biden, you need to open the Keystone Pipeline and the drilling operation so we can cut off, cut off Putin. Without that, he has no money, because right now we're actually supporting his war. You know, and we don't need to do that. So well, wake up, Joey Backwards Biden and Kamala Hooker Harris. There's a saying, the buck stops here. You need to stop the flow of money. When you stop the flow of money, you can't get no honey. That's right. And you got to uh, admire President Zelensky and his cabinet and all the ambassadors because they're there fighting for their freedom like we fought for our freedom in 1776. So we got we to gotta really admire the people of Ukraine. They're not giving up. They're being surrounded, but don't worry, they got some traps. They're not letting them in. They're not letting them into the Kiev so easy. Well, freedom is just another word for nothing left to lose. That's They've right. got their back against the wall. Right. And I've always went for the underdog. So I'm rooting for the underdog on this one because change is good in this particular case. And we, we need to love each other and we need to look, live with each other and uh, bury these differences that we have and just realize that, you know, stop burying bodies. Just 
forgive, forget, and move on. So that's my my hope for. Well, I think Putin wants to become uh, like Stalin. I think, and unfortunately, it's not going to happen. Well, if you know, history has a way of repeating itself. A lot of people are going to die needlessly. So. Yes, and if he tries to do the nuclear thing, he'll start World War Three. He knows that, so and it'll be the whole world against him, basically. And China, you can't trust. So he thinks China's going to be behind him, but I don't know. China does its own thing, so I wouldn't count on that one. Yeah, if China's behind them, they're going to tell them, don't drop the soap, Joe. Nope. Right. Because <laughs> they will stick it to them, that's yeah. for sure. So, use, them and, and use them and abuse them and throw them away. What's happening in the world right now that we live in on uh, 2022 here, March 2nd. And sure, it's March. Might be February. No, it's March. We got the March. The March hair is running across the right. office there. So it's hair. March. Don't worry. I knew it was. Yeah. Oh, the March hair. I'm here. Yeah. Right. The eyes of March, beware. Eyes of March. Remember that? The eyes of March. Yeah. So this March, we have to beware because a backwards buffoon Biden has done some very, very stupid things, stupid things that are backwards. And we just, you know, are bringing it to fact, I heard April Fool's, gonna, April Fool's Day is going to be canceled because there's a fool in the White House. <laughs> <laughs> and nobody could be worse than that. So anyway, uh, and Kamala, we know you're at Hotel 6 Motel somewhere. Six, Motel yeah. 6 somewhere. We don't know where, though. Neither, does the, neither do you, so don't feel bad. Well, it's hard to see when you're under the covers. Well, yeah. she might be on Pornhub one day. <laughs> you never know. So uh, this week we're going to talk about how my career came to be, uh, how I started in comedy, how I started in acting, some of the things that I've done in acting, some of the things I've done in, in comedy, and uh, we're going to analyze some of the stuff. And There's stories behind a lot of the major stuff that I've done, so... We'll come back with some bumper music, but before we do, I, I just want to say this today here. Alan and I have um, met on a train about four years ago, a great story how we met, and we started working together, enjoyed, you know, doing the comedy. As a result of that, we're here right now, but I thought today was a good idea for us to talk about Alan's career, things he's done, funny stories that he has. He's talked about these things in other shows that he's been a guest on, but We've never done this specifically. So today, you're in for a real treat. So for those of you listening, uh, you're going to get the spotlight on Alan Gitlin and some of the funny things that he's done. And you can't make this up. And no. uh, So no. if you like what you're hearing, stay tuned. Don't turn away from this show. You're going to learn a lot about you're Alan. find out about it. So keep it locked here. Some bumper music coming in, and we'll be right back.
Steph, we're back here in segment number two, and in this segment, uh, I am going to uh, go one-on-one -on -one and uh, put Alan Gitlin under the spotlight. Some of the stories I've heard, and some of them I have not heard, and I can tell you that you're in for a treat today. So I'm going to begin uh, with uh, XFLWE. It was a commercial that you did. Yeah, I did a um, commercial with w WWE, XFL, and Stacker 2 back in 2001. Um, I had a small agency that were very nice people, and um, they wanted guys over six feet and over 200 pounds. And there were 12 of us, and we all came from the same agency. We had to be in New York City at 6 o'clock in the morning, a day in December, and uh, they drove us up to Rockland County, New York. And when he got there, they said, listen, first of all, uh, before we do the shoot, uh, WWE and uh, Vince McMahon's lawyers have written up a 35-page um, waiver that you can't sue them if you get hurt because we were playing football in the snow that day. Uh, there wasn't much snow. It was like maybe an inch or two, maybe. It wasn't a lot of snow. And um, me being a smart ass, I said to the guy, what happens if you don't sign the waiver? And the guy says, well, if you don't sign the waiver, we're taking you right back to New York City and you're not in a commercial. And the commercial paid two grand, so we all signed it. And it was all mumbo-jumbo kind of thing. And, uh, you know, all lawyer, you know, the first party, can't sue the second party and all this kind of stuff. Um, and it really was 35 pages, by the way. So this was Channel 9, New York TV station, 2001? It, it was on Channel 9 about 9,000 times uh, to promote the XFL. And China the Wrestler, if anybody follows wrestling, and X-Pac were supposed to be there. Um, and they were drunk, in a drunken stupor. And uh, they got fired that day. And they had to dub in Dick Buckus at the end of that commercial. And to Dick take Buckus was uh, Chicago Bears. Chicago uh, Bears, linebacker. Linebacker. Correct. And uh, this, goes, this tells you how far this is. I mean, today, which is 2022, in the middle of the shoot, they ran out of VCR tape. And they had to go back into New York City to get tape. Because nobody had it, the tape that they were using, apparently, in Rockland County. Oh, boy, technology should yeah. have changed since then. Um, and it took us 10 months to get paid <laughs> because Vince McMahon didn't want to start off any checks. And his agency was small. And we kept calling her, all, all of us guys, we kept in touch. And she's like, I don't have 25 grand to lay out in one shot. I just don't have it. You know, uh, it, it'll cripple my business, you know. So we waited 10 months to get paid from Vince McMahon because he wouldn't sign off on the checks. Wow, so so you, you guys got body slammed on that yeah, one. Yeah, so he, he really took his time paying us, although it was shown on Channel 9, I don't know how many times, I couldn't tell you. So they, they you made know. their money on that oh, one. Oh, yeah, they, sure. yeah they, they definitely brought XFL for that one, yeah. Yep. Now, I noticed uh, the following year, in 2002, you did a spot as an investi with investigative reporter Joan London and Bob Smith. Right, investigative reporter and, and uh, was uh, on uh, A&E Cable. Uh, uh, Seton Hall University. And that's where it was filmed. Seton yes. Hall? Yeah. And uh, now, Seton Hall is in New Jersey. Though? Right. Correct. Mm -hmm. East Orange or West Orange. It was one of the oranges. Mm -hmm. They're very close together, so it's. It wasn't a tangerine. <laughs> no, it wasn't tangerine. It wasn't tomato either. <laughs> but anyway, so um, they were starting this new investigative reporter show, 
and um, Joan London and Bob Smith were there, and they couldn't get this one take right. They did it about 25 times, and uh, Joan London stands up, and she says, I just want you to know, you extras are great. Us professionals suck, and I thought that was so cool. <laughs> I thought that was so cool, and she's a very pretty lady, very nice. It could, you couldn't go up to her, but she was a very nice lady, a very pretty lady, but I thought that was so cool that she, she would stand up and do that, you know? I think that was pretty pretty cool, yeah. so that was, that was a good story about that one, man. So yeah. then I, I took a break for, I don't know, maybe like eight or nine years. And so now, now we're fast forwarding up to 2010, and I see that you uh, decided to go to Caroline's Comedy yeah. Showcase Club on, in, uh, on Broadway. That's there. correct. Um, my friends always told me I was funny. I told I was a good storyteller. So I went to Caroline's Comedy School. It was like 10 weeks, one night a week for two hours. It was like $400. And we were taught by this woman called Liz Smith who was uh, at one time a writer for Letterman and then Leno and decided she wanted to come back to the East Coast uh, where her family was. Was she a columnist for a newspaper, Liz Smith? No, it's another Liz Smith. Okay. Just happened to be the same name. Um, I think there's also an English actress named Liz Smith also. But um, anyway, so they can't really criti critique your, you know, that you're not funny. They're trying to critique your writing and get used to stage time. But if you're not on stage all the time, you know, you're not really used to stage time. Um, and I almost got thrown out of every class because I was critiquing people's writing. And she kept saying, Alan, that's my job. Shut up, you know. And uh, we had a showcase at the end of the, the uh, comedy school, the 8 o'clock and the 10 o'clock show. There was just like 20 people in the class. And they split us up 10 and 10. And... Um, um, I'm in the first showcase, and she puts a list of how we're going, and I'm fourth, and we're all, you know, going over our acts, and she comes up to me, and she says, Alan, I got some good news and bad news for you. <laughs> so I said, well, tell me the bad news first. She said, you're first. The other three didn't show up. I said, now tell me the good news. She said, you're first. <laughs> <laughs> and my chin dropped to the floor, you know. So but, you baptized by fire. Yeah, now. and mm -hmm. one of the guys in the showcase came up to me and said, Alan, you have a joke that's very similar to mine. If you tell it, my whole act's going to be out the window. So me being the nice guy. You didn't tell it. I say, okay, I won't tell that joke. So I go up there, and I, in the middle of my act, I still have like two and a half minutes left to go. And I get to that joke, and first of all, I'm a nervous wreck. I'm walking all over the stage, standing on my cord. Uh, I'm really nervous as hell. I've never really been on stage before um, in front of 150 people. Okay, it was back in 2009. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so... Um, I get to that joke, and I go, oh, shit, I can't, I can't do that joke. And I can't remember anything else, though. So you froze. I froze, but I told the audience, I said, you know, I'm a little nervous. First time up here, I forgot some of my lines, you know, da, 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 da. And they went crazy because I was being honest with them. And one of the girls from the second showcase was in the back. And all of a sudden, she said, just go with it. Don't worry about it. And the rest of my act came back to me. But it was the longest five minutes of my life, let so me tell you. what was the... The joke that he didn't want you to tell. Do you remember? Uh, you know, I don't, to be honest with you. Okay, so... It went out of my head. Yeah. <laughs> that day, and it went out of my head now, <laughs> 10 years later or 12 years later, whatever the hell it is. Okay. You know? So, so it was interesting. Uh, and actually, there's one more part to this. Uh, before the comedy school ended, I had a friend of mine who used to own a trophy shop. He's dead now. Since He's since dead now. Um, but I knew him pretty well, Joe Romer in Edison, New Jersey, and um, I said to everybody, listen, pitch in $2 each, we can put our names on a plaque and put 
uh, Liz Smith, Best Comedy School Teacher of the Year. And uh, I gave it to her at the end of the show, the first segment, and uh, she st broke out crying because nobody ever thought to do that for her. So as nutty as I am, uh, I thought it was pretty cool. And I added, I think, a little extra dollars to make it like, I think the thing cost us like 70-something dollars or $75. I think I added a little money just to make it even whatever. Well, I'm but, sure that's a, a memorable experience you'll never forget. Oh, yeah, and she won't forget it either. I'm sure it's on her wall somewhere in her house, uh, wherever she lives, you know. Yeah, let me ask you about uh, in 2010. This is the following year. Uh, right. You were in a movie, The Bounty Hunter, with Jennifer Aniston and uh, Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper. Right. That was part of it. Was shot at Monmouth Park in the when the race wasn't on. The races weren't on, and um, we broke for lunch. And I came back, and I was two or three rows behind her at Monmouth Park. And she had gone to lunch with Bradley Cooper. They were gone for a long time. Mm -hmm. We don't know if. They went to a motel or they got drunk at a bar <laughs> because she had a line like, stop chasing me. And she it took 30 takes to do this little line. Wow. And I went to I went to one of the security guards in between the takes and said, listen, I know the line better than she does. What the hell did she do during lunchtime? You know, and I just thought, she, you know, like, what the hell went on during lunchtime? Liquid lunch, maybe? Uh, either that or there might have been a Motel 6 nearby and they might have saw Kamala. We don't know. Could have been. Yeah. So... You can't make this. Uh, Al, how no. many extras were in that movie? Uh, quite a few. There were quite a few. Yeah, mm -hmm. quite a few extras in that movie. So, how long were you on the set for that movie? Uh, pretty much all day, because they needed to look like it was like, even though it wasn't race time, they had to look like it was was race time. So, yeah, I think they had one or two horses just there. So you basically looked like you were there to a spectator. A spectator. Yeah. yeah, watching the races. Yeah. Gotcha. And where was this film then? This film? Uh, Mammoth Mammoth? Park. In Oceanport, New Jersey. Okay, New Jersey. Yeah. So it's a Jersey film there, 2010. How well, old did that do? How old did that do, that movie? Did very well, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's 2010. Well, here we are, 2010. So we're going to come back after some bumper music, and we're going to pick up in our next segment. And we're going to pick up from 2010. And uh, we may have three segments here regarding Alan's career, but keep it locked here. We'll be coming back to go over some of Alan's credits. So you'll enjoy this. My other ventures. This is Steph. We're back in segment number two of the Alan Gitlin Showcase and Spotlight. So we'll pick it up here. And uh, I've got here 2012. So it's What's the Scoop? Yeah, that's What's the Scoop is a small ice cream place, a candy store, and they do a little entertainment in Metuchen, New Jersey. I put, give them a little plug. They're still around. They just got a little bigger, actually. They moved into a bigger store. And they were looking for somebody to do some comedy, and I didn't live far. And I did about... Uh, Seven minutes of comedy that night for them. So you just stand up there that yeah, night? I, I did some stand-up, yeah. I had to be clean because there, there were kids there. Yeah. And most of my act was pretty clean anyway, but I had to be a little cleaner than normal. Uh, no G-rated even. <laughs> no PG-17 even. So whatever. Yeah, it was what it was. squeaky clean. I had to be squeaky that. clean because there were kids there, yeah. It was uh, a nice little place. 2014, uh, you did something for NBC called Disappeared. Yeah, Disappeared. I did it. I lived in uh, Florida for a couple of years. 
and they were doing a segment for Disappeared, which was shown on NBC in Chicago, about people who disappeared. There was a woman who moved down to Fort Lauderdale and met a guy online who was taking a boat trip around the world. She always wanted to do it, and they became boyfriend and girlfriend. And after being on a cruise, uh, on his, his supposedly on his yacht for a couple of months, she disappeared. Her children started looking at this guy and finding out that he had in he had just gotten out of prison. He had had some drug busts in, in the in Europe. Um, everything he had was like uh, smoke and mirrors. Um, some of the money was from the drug money that he had uh, before he got sent to prison. And they got a hold of him finally. And he said, I, your mother and I had a big fight. And um, she disappeared. She was with this other guy. And what they think happened is that he wrapped her up in a, uh, they hit her over the head. He had copies of all her credit cards and debit cards. And they noticed her bank accounts were going down. And they, we found these two girls who were taking money out. And they said, well, he was giving us like $200 to take money out of the account. And we had to meet him once, <clears throat> like once in a while and give him money. And we haven't seen him for a while. And they think that he killed her, hit her over the head out to sea, and wrapped her up in a uh, either a blanket or a rug or something. A rug or something and weighted it down. And he, they kept going after him. But every time... He would be in a port where there was no restitution. And finally, he sold the boat and he lost track of them because he lost track of the boat, but he was never brought to trial and or found them, and she was never found. This goes back about 10, 12 years, maybe 13 years now. Sounds like this could be a, a case of America's Most Wanted. Well, it was a, it was a show called Disappeared, which is the same type of thing. Same, yeah, same format. You know, yeah. uh, it was really interesting, though. And I played a detective on one of the detectives on it. Did you enjoy that being a detective? Yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah, me and this other guy were detectives on it. Yeah, you look like a detective. Yeah, I know that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, I've got one here. 2017. Moving on here. Yeah, yeah. Mooney Nayo. He and I is a uh, lady rapper in East Orange, and they were looking for. They were doing a, a, a music video on a song that she did, which was pretty cool. I liked it. Um, about it's called actually Pussy Power. But anyway, <laughs> she's wearing a shirt that says that actually, and uh, they wanted. You can't someone, make this up, right? Yeah, now. we can't. And uh, they wanted somebody who looked like a cop and who had a cop uniform. And I had bought a uh, Halloween costume one year, and uh, it actually looked like a policeman's uniform. So I played the cop in it actually. So it was pretty cool. Nice people. Yeah, and also in the same year, and this one's interesting. Murder Castle. It's a mini series about a uh, a serial killer, right? Yeah, Murder Castle was the. It's a, it was a miniseries on Discovery uh, Plus, if anybody has Discovery Plus, called Murder Castle. It was shot in 2017 in Verona, New Jersey, over a four-day period. And it's the story of H.H. H. Holmes. And H.H. H. Holmes is the first documented serial killer in the United States uh, in 1893 during the Chicago World's Fair, where people were disappearing, all kind of people coming into Chicago. And he built a, uh, the reason why it's called Murder Castle is he built a home with 25 rooms, and most of them were gassed. And uh, he actually fired seven or eight contractors because as soon as they figured out what was going on, they didn't want to build this house for him. Um, and what this guy did, he was a pharmacist. He would hire young women as technicians, whether they were married or not. And he'd fall in love with them. He would kill their husbands sometimes if they were married. If they were single, he would gas them. And he would take their bodies down to his basement and sell them as cadavers to medical school. He admitted to 25 people. 
They think he might have killed 50, they don't know, because a lot of people disappeared during that time. Um, and the detective, one of the detectives of Chicago started catching wise. Everybody kept complaining that this is the last person, the last time they saw the person was they were going to work for him. And he would say, oh, they left, they went back home, or they went home to their boyfriend, I didn't like the big city. And this one detective started catching wise that he thought that he was making these people disappear. And he finally got caught. And um, I played a lot of extra parts in it. And then at the end, I play a main part where I put a noose over his head and kick the box out from underneath him. He hangs, but it takes 20 minutes for him to die. And he's the first documented serial killer in the United States. Really interesting. I didn't know anything about this guy until I was in this uh, miniseries. That's really interesting. Yeah, yeah it is. I, after you told me about yeah. it, I looked it up and I, I watched it. And I was like amazed by, you know, just the... Uh severity of this man's yeah. deviousness yeah. i mean he and he was married and had a little baby too outside he, chicago and for him to have another family and right. be able to get away with this is just amazing right. how secretive this man must have been this yeah. is very a, nasty person a great movie to watch murder castle so put Mini that on your list on, there on discovery plus yeah that's a good one here and then afterwards in 2019 you did an at&t commercial i did an at&t commercial uh, had an agency, uh, Barbizon, which is good people. And they said to me, hey, we need somebody to play a delivery guy because AT&T is coming out with a new phone called Concera. And they want to put it uh, for their salesman to sell to corporate people because it was made for delivery people and for construction people. And uh, we need somebody to, to play a delivery man. And it's only about a half hour from my house. So uh, for one hour, I got $300. I wasn't complaining, I take my word for it. And it was exactly one hour. They had a time, one hour to the minute. So well, they were on a tight budget. They were on a tight budget, yeah. But it's on their website for AT&T, Concero Phone, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. 2019, we did a, a rap video, I guess, for Little TJ. Little TJ, who I never heard of at the time. He was doing a, a music video for his uh, song FN. And FN is uh, now has at least, I don't know, five, six, seven million hits on Spotify, six or seven million hits on, on YouTube. And uh, it's about a rapper who comes out of the gangs, gets away from the gangs, and he, he gets arrested, and he gets off, and I play the judge. And uh, pretty cool thing, he was sitting on the, uh, the witness box, kind of, and I was on the bench. With the gavel, and I said, "Hey, little TJ, you're supposed to get off, right?" He goes, "Yeah." I said, "Well, you're talking to everybody about the judge," and he <laughs> went, "Oh man, you're cool, man." Well, anyway, story about this is now after this, this music video came out. I drove for Lyft for a while, a couple of years, and if you know my stories, you you know that I drove for Lyft for a couple of years. And I when I see see a young person in my in a car, I say, "Hey, you know who little TJ is?" And I go, "Yeah." I go, "Look at the last minute and a half." Why? I said, "Well, see, go look at it." And then they said, holy so, you're the judge. Can we take a picture of you? Can we put you on Instagram? Can we put you on TikTok? They couldn't you know? judge. They, they, they couldn't believe that they were in the car. I said, listen, I just do this for fun. I have a lot of fun with it. I enjoy it. And I met the guy. He was a real cool guy. If he stays out of trouble, he, if he's not already a millionaire, this was a couple of years ago, so he may be a millionaire already because all the kids know him. Um, I have a friend of mine who has two daughters who are 19 years old and all their friends say, Uncle Al, we know you were in the video. Well, yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> did you meet him? Can we meet him? Do you have his number? I, well, I don't have his number, you know, but I, I, I did meet the guy, you know. Uh, I was, was there. Cool. Yeah, I was there. Yeah, I was there. If you look at the video, you'll see me in the last minute and a half. I was the judge. So, 
Is there any things you have now going forward that are coming up that people can see you on? Uh, nothing right this second, but I do have a script that I wrote with another gentleman. It's all my idea. Um, right now it's called Alan Goldsmith, Private Eye. It's um, uh, about a detective uh, comedy um, about a guy who's a cross between Columbo and James Bond. He's Columbo because he figures stuff out by his gut. And he's James Bond because he's betting everything in sight. He wants to live back in the 80s before technology took over, even <laughs> though it's 2022. And I have a guy, a friend of mine in Chicago who has a small studio. We have actors in place. We're just waiting for COVID to kind of end so we, we can get this thing going, a trailer made. And my friend has connections in L.A., so hopefully it'll be streaming somewhere down the line here somewhere. So for those of you who are listening to this segment, uh, Alan Gitlin is a funny man and... Uh, He's now doing the BS show. He's the co-creator of it. Tell us what you're doing Co-creator of, of the, the BS show with Stefan the G-Man. Uh, we have segments like Idioms for Idiots or Idiots for Idioms. We have Sports Stupidisms. We have Everyday Annoyances. We have Online Dating Nightmares. And we have 15 Minutes of Shame right. that we have co-developed, the two of us. And yeah. this is episode number 56 that we're doing today. So, Alan, why should people watch us? Why shouldn't they? We are originators. We're not duplicators. Uh, all our segments, uh, we developed ourselves, both of us. And there's no egos here between the two of us. And uh, we just have fun with this and take you away from the real world for about 45 minutes to an hour every day, which is what everybody needs right now, I think, in, our, in these hard times of ours. That's exactly right. Yeah, this, this started as just two guys just BSing on a train, and uh, we, we've got here now to, uh, show number 56. Six. So I enjoyed hearing Alan's uh, career, the things he's done, and uh, Alan uh, didn't you know, let any grass you know, grow into his ass. He, you know, he's out there, and he's a mover and a shaker, and... Uh, Although I can't bake, though. Yeah, well, you... I can shake, I can shake and move, but I can't bake. You can't <laughs> shake it, man. But if you like comedy, you got to watch our show. We're in what, the second year, Alan? Second year, correct. Okay, and this year, we got some special things. Uh, we got the train. We're out in the train. We're traveling the country this year, and uh, we've been to Chicago, and uh, we've been to Albany, upstate, Buffalo, New York, and we're going to do the country. Uh as we get around to it, not every week we're going out, but we're going to be going out. But I felt today was a good time for Al and I to, uh, to discuss a little bit about who we are. And today I thought it was important for you to understand who Alan is and what drew me to wanting to work with Alan. And to me, it's a labor of love. I, I do a lot of the technical stuff. And uh, it's a joy, me coming back with my, my film and putting it together and then laughing my petunias off for lack of a better word so Your small petunias my small petunias yeah we had the sausages yeah. it's like diamonds you know small packages yeah <laughs> i don't i don't have They're the Vienna, i don't have the Vienna sausages unfortunately okay. leave that for the whole homo boys <laughs> yeah if i was italian i'd say i got the sausage for you <laughs> so we will be back with our final thoughts for a segment in episode number 56 so keep it locked here. We'll have some bumper music, and then we'll come back, and we'll be wrapping this up.
This is Steph. And this is the G-Man. We're back here, episode number 56. And this is Final, Final Thoughts. Thoughts. So here in this segment now, we're going to talk about just whatever. We're going to throw things around and well, see whatever sticks. talk about some of the things we saw today coming in. Well, I'll start city. with mine real quick. I thought yeah. it was funny. I go to get on a train, as I do, coming from Upper Slobobia to Lower Slobobia. And as soon as I get on the train, I'm thinking, okay, this is going to be okay. And I look across from me, and there's a guy decides to sleep on the train there. He takes up the whole half of the car there. And I'm like, looking, I go, man, I said, you know, here I wanted to sit down. I smelled the guy. He took off his shoes. And uh, so I said, let me send Alan a photo of what I'm experiencing. So I sent Alan a photo with a little text. And uh, Alan said to me, uh, you know, you're in a sleeper car, huh? Right. You're in a sleeper car. Did you pay extra for that? <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was priceless. So I come in on the train, and I call it now, not Penn Station, I call it Bum Station. Well, I call it Pig Station. Pig Station, because 
as I get off the train, I, you know, you have to go to the restroom after an hour and a half on the train. And I got to go to the bathroom, and there's a guy in there shaving, completely taking a cat bath in there. Now, when I, when I got to relieve myself, I got to wash my hands. I got to wait until, you know, I could find a spot where I could do that without having this guy, you know, getting water all over me. So, I mean, and I come outside of the bathroom there, and you got security out there, you got police officers, you got, you know, army, military right. people, and nobody cares about what, Nobody's doing what, what's going yeah. on. Yeah. So I stepped over two other guys, and I went over and found Alan, and he saw the same thing. Yeah, I saw the same guy get completely taking a bath, completely changing his clothes, and the other guy shaving and, and brushing his teeth. And nobody's doing anything about this. So that's why I changed the name of the pig station. Pig station. Pig I like station. bum station. Because well, either one. Both of them work right now. Yeah. Bum or pig and station, whichever for anybody... Who doesn't believe what we're telling you? Come at the Penn Station and go to the men's room. <laughs> it I don't know if it happens in the ladies' room, but it definitely happens in the men's uh, room, that's for sure. It won't be pretty, I'll tell you that. So these are some of the things coming in that we're seeing here. Right now, with the state of the world that's going on, we need state more of love. State of confusion. We're in the state of New York, that's for sure. State of confusion. The world of confusion. So here we are. We're, we're really concerned about the, the Ukrainian people right yes. now. Yes, we got to, we we got to admire them for fighting for their freedom, and their president, and their ambassadors. You know, some of their ambassadors were here, and they went back to Ukraine to fight for their freedom. And you got to give them credit for that. Really, they're fighting for their freedom. They don't want to be under communist rule. They had communism. They don't like it. They like their freedom. They like to have free speech and free, you know, be able to make some money and and have some commerce. And you got to give them credit. They're fighting as hard as they can. I don't know if they're going to win, but they're definitely not. They're going to go down with the ship. Let's put it that way. Well, we're going to stay close to this story here and share more with you as we get it, and give you uh, Alan's analysis and mine, of course, uh, and what's going on in the world as the world turns or how yeah. it doesn't turn. Well, it doesn't right turn. Now. So we uh, we're on top of that. Uh, we want to thank Craig, Craig P, and Peter for letting us use their office. We thank you guys. And we really appreciate this. It's made it very easy for us to do what we do. That's correct. Yeah. And where can you find us, Steph? Well, you can find us on Amazon Music. And we're on Spotify. We're on Deezer. We're on Stitcher. We're on iHeart. We're on Red Circle. We're on GeoSaven. We're on Podcast Attic. We're on Podchaser. We're on Video Where. We're on Rumble. And BitChute. Right. And we have some products on Zazzle. Zazzle. Where can they find us on Zazzle? Uh, the BS Show, The Internet Guy, and Sindoni says. says. We're also on Spreaker, yep. which is the sister company of iHeartRadio. And one I didn't mention it, yep. Google, Google Podcast, Podcast right. which is through Speaker. Right. And our own personal site, Son, Son of, of a, a Bitcher. <laughs> you guys might never be able to find that one, but we got it. Yep. That, that's on the download, I guess, that we keep it. So... If you like what you're hearing, we've got all these places to hear us on podcasts. So you can take her in the car, take us on patrol. Or you take us in the crapper, it might loosen the load. If you don't like us, then you can stick a rubber hose up your nose or any place else you want to stick it. <laughs> and if you need help, Bubba and Tyrone will be glad to help you. And Bub Bubba and Tyrone have just subscribed to us. So if they're subscribing and Jackie Hands is subscribed, you know. Right now, I think the Cuomo brothers are are ready to put their finger on the subscribe button, and too. And Guido's subscribing. Oh, Guido's definitely subscribed. So is Luigi now. Yeah. I got a, a text from him that says, uh, we'll, we'll get back to you as soon as we can find these guys. So they're, yeah. they're searching. Yeah. 
They said, we're looking on the rocks now. So uh, <laughs> good luck, guys. So if you want to hear more about the comedy, the train ride, and what we find out in a couple of weeks, Alan and I will be getting on the train again. I think we're going to go down to Miami. Maybe we'll go down to Miami, possibly. Yeah. Or Fort Lauderdale. Yeah, like Fort, that. yeah Fort, you like Fort Lauderdale, yeah. Because yeah. that's that's where the, they're looking. They're looking for these guys. They said they're down there. So we're going to find out what happens with uh, Luigi and uh, Guido. And Guido they're yeah. not taking no prisoners on this nope. one. And what'd you say? They, they wanted to go spring a Bubba and Tyrone at the Rikers? They might, yes, I heard that. You know, spring the two of them so they come down and give them a good ass whipping. <laughs> Andrew, Chris, beware. Beware. Keep you know. your back to the wall. <laughs> Don't drop the, the soap, soap dope. dope. <laughs> oh, this is Steph. This is the G Man. We're here in episode number 56, 56, heading for 57 next week. So keep it locked here. Sayonara. See you later. Shalom. Good night. Good night, sweetheart. Go!